uh, hey mamas, it's us. It's us. Bianca and Ellie. We have a great show today. It's uh, it's a little bit of a different show for us. And um, and I just mean that by the fact that uh, we have a guest on, a dear friend of mine, actually my co-star from the first movie I ever did in Los Angeles, Bring It On. It's Claire Kramer. She's an actress. Woo-hoo. She is the CEO, founder of Geek Nation, and she's the mother of four children. How she gets all this done, we're going to find out. I don't know. It's crazy. Go to geeknation.com, though, and you will see that she's created an empire. She has created an empire, and she has some really specific uh, views and opinions on motherhood and, and, you know, probably some things that are going to stir you guys up a little bit, but that's always a good thing because, like we said, it's always good to look at things from somebody else's viewpoint, different viewpoint, kind of get a different take on things. So uh, let's do this. Let's do it. And uh, and real fast, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Casper Mattresses. Go to casper.com backslash atomic for your deal. Uh, hi. You, okay, it's Ellie and Bianca. Yeah, we have a very special guest, which we'll introduce in a second. Okay, but first, I, I'm i so thrown. Could Bianca I- is like missing half of her <laughs> being right now. I step out of the car and she has this gorgeous haircut. You lost like five feet I, of hair. I I was in New York for Upfronts because Undateable got picked up for season three. Woo-hoo-hoo. And I was so mad at my hair that I was just like... I'm fucking cutting this off. And I came home and I made the appointment. I walked in and cut off afterwards. Yeah. 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 You took all the photos in the, but you yeah. should, you should go back now and do the red carpet stuff. I know. It looks cause amazing. it looks, uh, thank you. I'm very happy. It feels very light and airy. The only thing is I'm living in the blowout glow. So like I, um, when I wash my hair and have to do it myself, it may be a different story. Oh, so this is really, really new. No, yesterday I did it oh, yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Wow. It's all good. Um, we, right. it's, <laughs> you got back Monday. Yeah, I, okay. it's been, I know, I feel I haven't seen you forever. Ever. <laughs> we'll make anyway. up for it. Um, so so we have, a, I, I feel like we say this every single time, a very special guest, but this one really is special. We because only have the most specialists. It's true. Um, we have a dear friend of mine. Uh, uh, for any of you who have ever seen the movie Bring It On, this is where we met Claire Kramer Keithley. I, I, I tacked the Keithley on there. I don't know if that's, that's what we're good. going by the no, Yuffie's ways. No, it's all good. I mean, after 10 years, you know, I, <laughs> I basically answered anything. Thanks, you guys. Thanks um, for having me on. <laughs> so Claire is an actress. She is the founder of Geek Nation, which is so awesome because we are sitting in the studios right now. We got to come over here and do a very special Atomic Moms podcast. Field trip. Field trip. I know it feels it feels very exciting. And, um, and in fact, I think this is kind of where I got my podcast bug because I would come and I did a couple podcasts with Claire here because um, they do a lot of podcasts, a lot of web series. I mean, tell us a little bit about Geek Nation. Geek Nation is basically uh, an, an entertainment, a destination entertainment site. We have a network of podcasts. We have about 20 podcasts. Um, three of them are currently in the top 10 on iTunes, so you can check them out there. We have um, about 15 video shows, and in uh, Q3, we're going to be launching about 15 more, so about 30 video shows. And, and are those we, on YouTube, or where no, do you find the video we shows? We don't use YouTube at all. We produce okay. everything in-house and, and then but where do i see the video shows on geeknation.com got it um we have about 20 million users a month and then uh the other part of our platform is written content so we kind of consider ourselves like the huffington post for geeks <laughs> so it's and, the trifecta of action ladies if you if you like listening you can listen if you like watching you can watch if you like to read then you can read i i will never forget the, the day Empire. 
Yes. It's a media empire. And also if that isn't enough on top of being an actress and a, and a founder of this insane company, Claire is a mother of four kids. Yeah, we got to talk. Well, I actually consider Geek Nation my fifth and my husband my sixth. So, you know. Um, but yes, it's true. I do have four little ones. And yeah. They are little. And I was so How excited. What are they? Oh, yeah, tell you. Eight, uh, 18 months. Three, oh my gosh, so is mine. It's 18 months, three, oh. five, and seven. Three, five, and seven. Wait, I got to wait a minute, everyone. 18 <laughs> months, three, five, seven. Okay, yes. when I walked into this empire, I thought at least... I mean, she must have been a teen mom because the kids have to at least be like in high school or something or middle school, like where you would have time to run an empire. <laughs> we got to discuss. Do you sleep? Do you uh, get? No, I don't okay. sleep. But I do. You know, it's really it's funny because, yes, I am obviously exhausted much of the time. I'm human, you know, and, and much like any other woman or man who works full time, you it's a building a company, being an entrepreneur, owning your own business. You have a lot of responsibility. You have a, do, a fiduciary responsibility to your investors, to, you know, to your employees. And you also have a responsibility, um, in your personal life, which my personal life happens to be just as big as my professional life. So yes, I'm constantly exhausted. I live on coffee, but I have a philosophy that women can do it all and do it all well. And so that's kind of how I live my life. I feel like that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Do you ever just hide under your covers, though? Like ever? Like, is there ever a breaking point? When is when's there time? Right? Yeah, right. No, there's not time, and that wouldn't be productive anyway. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> My escapism, and Bianca can tell you this. I mean, if you want to break it down, we can get back to the whole parenting thing and the business thing, and you know. Uh, but my escapism, first of all, I love film and television. That's why I started this company. I'm super passionate. I love watching movies, shows. You're hard pressed to find something that I don't watch. I also read. Like if I find an author, I'll read all their books, everything about them. But my true escapism is crossword puzzles, <laughs> Sudoku's, and you know, mind games. I guess you could say. So Claire and I met on the set of the cheerleading movie Bring It On, and we went through a very uh, interesting journey. We'll just leave it at that. To no, to- don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all the moms listening. Are just, no, I know. No, don't, don't, I know. Tell them. Um, well, we 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 went through some ups and downs with relationships that we were in, and we kind of supported mm-hmm. each other through that. And then we, um, I lived across from a guy named Brian in the apartment building that I first moved into in LA. So after bringing it on, Claire came and stayed with me for a little bit, and she met said Brian. And then I ended up getting a house with Brian and moving in. Brian and I were just very good friends. And Claire seemed to be spending a little extra time over at the house. And I thought, maybe there's something going on with Brian and Claire. And there was. And many years later, they got married. And um, so I... And that was 10 years ago. It was 10 years years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we've we've been actresses together. We've been um, friends through thick and thin. I mean, Claire is legitimately my oldest Los Angeles. Angeles friend. Um, and, and we can always look back at bring it on and look how much we haven't changed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) First of all, I always say bring it on was one of my favorite movie making experiences. It was just the epitome of fun, but I mean, 
history goes a long way in anything, but especially in this business and in this town, I feel like history is really important, you know, because there's so many dynamics in our lives we can't control that that is something we can always turn back to. And so that's why Bianca and I love each other. We're always going to be there for each other. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we have that friendship where like, we may not talk for six, six months, even though we live in the same city. <laughs> um, but as you heard, she's a very busy woman. And um, as are you, and obviously. We, and so we like, I love those friendships where you can just check in and it's all good. And, um, I really, you know, was so excited when I got pregnant and I immediately called up Claire and Brian and let them know I have actually been to the hospital for every one of their child's birth. I mean, oh, not for the actual birth, but like, like well, five hours if later. If you could have made wow. it in time for the birth. <laughs> yes. Are we going to talk about births at all? Because we can talk about my fast births. But, uh, oh yeah. yeah. This woman barely makes it to the hospital, by the way. Bianca. Um, well, she's too busy. She's going to get back to work. <laughs> I don't have time for you. Okay. Um, no, but yeah, it, it, that has meant so much that you've come for all those. Thank uh, you. Well, you were very all important those. people to me. I know. And I just met Brian in the office up front. Yes. So what is his position with Geek Nation? Co-founder. Okay. So he's co-founder. Because <laughs> when I look it up, it's always your name. So how I, do you- I'm the acting CEO. Um, he's the COO, but we run the company together. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I want you to talk a little bit because I remember, I remember when you guys were like, we got to show you this warehouse and we're going to turn it into this thing. And Brian, I just will never forget Brian saying, I can't believe geeknation.com isn't taken. And then it blows up and it's this huge thing. And so talk a little bit about how that idea came to fruition. Well, the impetus behind the company was we wanted to start a site, a creative site where we could create essentially a liaison between celebrities, entertainment personalities, artists, directors, and the public, because there's no place really out there that fans and celebs can interact in a safe environment. So that was kind of the impetus behind creating the site. I mean, of course, there's great sites like, you know, Cinema Blend and, and you know, Film Drunk and all these other great sites. But this was our kind of niche, we felt. So at the be- in the beginning, we launched out of our house, which was almost uh, the site's almost been live three years. So in the beginning, we launched out of our house. Then we got an office and then. Around a year in, we were like, we really need a production facility because we were recording the podcast out of the office. And that was another thing is we didn't want to aggregate anything, any content at all. We wanted everything to be all original, produced by us. You know, that way, not only could we quality control it, but we could, you know capitalize and create a brand that was exclusive to us. We yeah. And then you're not just ca- copycatting. Well, plus you know, like, we own the IP on everything, yeah. which is huge. If you're on YouTube, it's you don't intellectual own. property for those who don't know. <laughs> a lot of people, I didn't know what IP was two yeah. years ago. Yeah. And yeah. it's important to keep it. And everyone always wants to take it. Like everyone wants you to like sign it off. That's what don't people don't it. understand. If you're on a network like YouTube or, you know, some of the other, uh, aggregating networks out yeah. there, we all know what they are. You essentially own a small portion of the property even if it's all created by you. So we didn't want that to be a barrier for us. We wanted to eliminate that. So by making exclusive content just for the site, that was, you know, how we usurped that. Uh, so anyway, when we got this space, yes, it was an old like Harley Davidson warehouse where they fixed motorcycles. I and feel like they shoot Sons of Anarchy around here. I'm sure I'm they kidding. probably do. I don't know. Adam but was working on a pilot MTV years ago. Down the right street, here. Yeah. And Client List used to shoot down the street yeah. as well. Um, so there are some studios it's in, in Van Nuys. Yeah. And Greg Grumberg, um, our good friend, his studio is actually like across Burbank Boulevard. Not that maybe we should take out where I just said the studio was. But <laughs> 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 That's fine. Um, but uh, 
anyway, yeah, so it was a blank space and we just slowly have built it. And what you see today is we have, you know, 10 to 12 roving sets. We have a 45 foot green screen and a 20 by 20 white psych where we can shoot any sort of promo pieces. It's so awesome. So all of our moms and non-moms listening want to know, how do you make all of this happen with your four kids? And I want you to talk a little bit about where you were in the process of Geek Nation when you um, were pregnant with each of them. I mean, we don't have to go into the full story, but I, I, tell us that story because I think that's um, quite fascinating. Okay, well, I've been pregnant and had two children in the three years since we launched the company. So <laughs> I've, I have um, both my boys, actually. I have two girls. Those are the older two. And then two boys. Those are the you know three-year-old and 18-month-old. And, you know, I just really... Uh, I, I, in terms of being pregnant and building the company, it actually wasn't really a factor. I didn't have difficult pregnancies, so I just kind of worked through them. I remember at one point somebody came in, I think it was with Jamie Kennedy and one of his producers. And I was like five months pregnant and they're like, when do you do? And I'm like, they're like next week. And I'm like, uh, hello. No, I still have several months to go. So, you know, it's always interesting working around a lot of men and this is the technology industry as well as the website industry is definitely predominantly male. Um, so in terms of the kids, you know, it is a challenge balancing work and home. You know, I obviously have a support system. My oldest is in first grade. My second two are in preschool together. And then my youngest is at home. And he, during the day, we have another employee here who has a son who's 13 months old. And so we have someone who comes and stays with both of the little boys at our house. Yeah. So that's kind of the like intricacies of that. But is there something you guys love to do as a family? Like, is there one moment a week where you guys are all together and you're like, oh, this is our little sweet spot? I mean, we, the deal, the way I make all this work for me is I maximize my time at home with the kids. I don't have help and I don't have you know, people in my house or whatever happening when I'm not there, when, when, or when I am there, uh, rather, yeah, watch yourselves, kids. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, in the evenings we have, you know, it's getting to the age now where I'm doing homework with Gavin and my Mm -hmm. five-year-old and seven-year-old play the violin. So that's happening. And now sports are happening. So it's, it's going to be, you know, as it is at every stage of parenthood, you know, refiguring out how to make things work in a more efficient, you know, effective way. But in the evenings we enjoy, we all watch, you know, we watch animal movies during the week and we watch other movies on the weekends. We have picnics every Friday. We put a blanket down and order pizza and the kids, they look forward to that. They know like Friday mm-hmm. night, that's our picnic night. Oh, that's that's awesome. pizza. Pizza Saturday, ritual. Yeah, exactly. Saturday and Sunday, we do not make plans except as a family. You know, Brian and I, it, everyone's like really... Uh, not everyone, but a lot of my friends are very into date night and this Brian and I don't have that. That's not us right now. Our life mm-hmm. is about the kids and the business. And so when we're, you know, when we have the weekend, we don't want to take five or six hours out of our day and leave the kids. We leave them every day for eight hours during the week. So really on the weekends from Friday end of work till Monday morning, we are with the kids 24 seven. And how do you turn it off? Like, I think it would be difficult. It's difficult enough to be a working mom and turn it off when you go home. But then to have your partner, your business partner come home with you, is there ever, was there ever a discussion of like, we're not going to discuss this right now because we're home. Like, how do you create those boundaries? 
We don't. I mean, that's just just to be honest, we, we don't have boundaries like that. And that works for us. It probably Uh doesn't work for a lot of people, but we are, I don't, I don't have the mind frame of like, I'm going to go home and I can't check my computer or my email until, you know, no, I mean, if I've got shit going on, sorry, but I'm going to have to, you know, when you're running a company and you're managing employees and you're, you know, and you're responsible, like I said, for a myriad of different things and executing a myriad of different things, the luxury isn't there to walk away. So we don't, we are immersed 24 seven in the company and in the family. And it is, trust me, it's tiring. It is. But I wouldn't have it any other way. We're always like, we're working for the next decade. We're working for, you know, when they're teenagers and we can go on these awesome trips to Europe. So irresponsible. Be- <laughs> my phone was on. Bianca got a call. I should have known who it was. My brother. Um, it was Andre. Oh, oh my God. Uh, one of my favorite people also. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, yeah, we just say we're working for the next decade. Like, this is it right now. We're in it to win it. We're in it to win it with the company. And I don't sacrifice activities with my kids. I still am at violin every morning with my daughter. I am still at every swim practice, every swim meet. Yesterday, you know, some guys around here got pissed because they tried to move a meeting till two. I was like, no, my daughter has a singing recital, you know? And they're like, that's, you're just gonna have to miss it. I was like, no, F you. I'm not gonna miss it, you know? And so they moved it back to three. And I was like, next time, freaking check with me. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Can we talk for a minute about the pressures of being a mom and being in business? Because Amy Poehler just said in Esquire Magazine, this month, she talked about how how many times she goes into a business meeting and they ask where her kids are, like where are your kids, and and that you would never ask a man that. And she's like, well, if it was a man, then it'd be the equivalent of me asking him, like, how often do you see your kids? So, how what have have you come up across come across any of that or like of how do you? I mean, listen, there's a it? whole. It's a very hot button topic right now. Um, equal rights, equality in the workplace. Um, and I don't think that it's, uh, naive to say that it doesn't exist. You know, it just simply doesn't exist. Whether you're the CEO of PepsiCo or you're, you know, the head of Facebook or you're me at geek nation, there's not, there's not equality and that's just the way it is. Um, I certainly have surrounded myself with a great internal team that I don't feel any of that from. Uh, As far as the outside world, I've probably experienced that more in acting, actually, than in the business, like Geek Nation, per se. Um, Although, actually, that's not exactly true. I'll tell an acting story, though. With both, let's see, with all my kids, I was working within two months of having them, which in and of itself is insane. Um, trying to like get your body ready to look good after like childbirth. You're like, oh, how am I going to make everything fit back into where it should be? But a couple times during this film I was filming after I had Gavin, I think she maybe it was three months postpartum. I, you know, I was breastfeeding and I was exclusively breastfeeding at that point. And I had, of course, my pump on the set and they were, and I would be like, I have to go like, if you breastfed, you know, you get like engorged if you don't take care of yourself. <laughs> And people would be like, oh, we really don't have time for that right now. And uh, we, I'm sorry, but that's not going to, we can't really do that. That's going to shoot our day. And I, I just would think to myself, you know, I really don't know what to say here. Yeah. I was kind of, I was only 32 at that time and I really didn't know what to say. You know, now I'm like, well, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm so lucky on Undateable because, um, our, 
our guys who are our producers are um, husbands and fathers themselves. And so they're very, very understanding of that. And then our um, first AD is just a ball buster. And she's like, I mean, I would just look at her and be like, make the pained face and grab my boobs. And she's like, you're out of here. You go, you know? And so it's like, it's so great to have that around you. Um, but they should appreciate the extra cleavage anyway. <laughs> honestly, I, um, I, I'm just so inspired by you, Claire. I mean, I, you know, I, I wish I would have, we, we kept saying like, <laughs> so, so this is the best story. So I kept meaning to call Claire, email Claire, talk to Claire when I got pregnant. Cause she's like, I have all these things to tell you, whatever. And it was <laughs> literally the day I went into labor, I was oh, no. going to the TCAs, which is the critics association, um, kind of upfronts for undateable. Um, and oh, I'm yeah, in yeah, the yeah. limo and I was like, texting her. I'm like, is there any tips you could give me for labor? <laughs> and I'm like, don't just, think about it. Just don't like, think about it. I'm like, I've squalled away 10 months where I haven't managed to get over to say, to sit down with you and talk to you. And like literally in the 11th hour, I was like, <laughs> um, anything you can tell me. But the thing that I love so much and admire so much about you is that you, you've literally done everything your way. And, you know, I think that's something we talk a lot about on the podcast is parenting and and this need to to kind of um acquiesce to what everyone else's idea of a good parent is and you know you have have really i mean you were always this way but certainly in marriage and now in motherhood and and in business you've totally taken the reins and you're just like no not like i love listening to you right now cuz you're such a businesswoman now and <laughs> And it, and it's, you know, and you were, you were always that way. I mean, <laughs> I just remember like there was a time when Claire was on Buffy, the vampire slayer. I was on Boston public and another one of our friends, Nikki, what, what show was she doing? Oh, dark. Was she in dark? No, yeah, or, uh, something at the same yeah. time we were all working <laughs> and like our little, um, Claire's little apartment, uh, in Hollywood on Bronson Avenue. Yes. It's like, it was like an office. Like we were always in there wheeling and That's dealing and, you know, um, and it just felt like such a, it felt like the precipice of our life. You know, it was like everything was beginning and now it's so amazing to see us all. And, and I'm sure we're not any of us where we thought we would be back at that time. I mean, we had ideas of, and that doesn't mean we're not going to get there, but like Oscar awards oh, and the yeah. things that we were going <laughs> yeah. to be winning. I mean, you know, that's um, the beauty of being in your early twenties. <laughs> You're delusional, <laughs> but, but I, but I'm so proud of what we have become. And, and I think that to be in a business that like we've talked about is so cutthroat and really kind of impersonal for such a creative business. I feel like we've all made it our own. And I feel like, um, we're good. We're not only good at our business, we're, we're good wives, we're good partners, we're good moms. You know, I mean, we make it work because, because we do it our way. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, and I just, I, anytime that something happens to me where I'm like, oh man, I think there was some movie that they were talking about possibly going to Chicago for the summer. And I was like, how would I do that with them? I'm like, Claire can do it. I can do it. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> another, I have taken those kids everywhere. What oh would God. Claire do? <laughs> There's like Instagram pics of her with like all three of them in plane seats. And she's like off to Texas. Like <laughs> that was, I was pregnant for that too. So technically there oh, were four, four children oh there. God. Yeah. I was pregnant and flew with the three of them to Texas and Ohio that summer. Yeah. How do you do separation with the kids? Um, I mean, if I'm going on location in terms of 
of acting, I take them. Um, this last year, I took three of them to Arizona for two months with me. I've taken Gavin to Florida with me. Um, the The river has been many, many places with me because it just so happened when she was born, I was traveling virtually every weekend. So she right. would come with me every weekend. Um, but nowadays, like, for example, I'm going to Denver this weekend and they're, they're old enough. They're staying here you yeah. know, with Brian and some, you know, some extra help. Yeah. And, and when you are on the road, then do you have someone that comes with you when you're, yeah, I have a regular person, uh, who is more of a friend than a nanny, you know? So Um, she's regular for the trips. She's regular for, she works with you every day. She's worked with me for seven years. Yeah. So, um, and you have someone else stay at home. No, she's the one who stays at home. She stays at home and then you have someone else. No, that's it. So what if the kids get split? It's her and me. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but if all the kids, okay, but if all the kids aren't going with you, if just a couple of the kids are going, if with Brian's you, then, here, yeah, then he takes care of the ones that are left. Oh wow, okay, if that's a dad. That is a dad, <laughs> man. To do that by himself, he's got the leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> he's able to do that. I'm impressed. I know. But, I'm like terrified know, sometimes to leave Mike home, like for a day, because oh, I'm like, like, he's not going to know what to feed her. I was just gone for what uh, Thursday. Came home Sunday night. I got, I saw Sabrina Monday morning and my baby had her very first tan. <laughs> I was like, what? You're like, what happened here? What? I don't want to went to Miami for work, but like she had a tan and Where I was like, oh go? my God, I just spent, she, they went to the zoo and it was a cloudy day. But like, I feel like I spent all of my time putting sunscreen on her and like, you know, wrestling her to the ground to put sunscreen on her. And then I come home and she's got a tan. But so it's you know all what? Over. Important lesson is like, you know, those type of things don't really, she didn't have a burn. No. So, yeah. you know, those, those little things, nice the, base more, tan. the more you can, and this is another, I guess if you guys are, um, Bianca, you would ask like, how do you manage it? Yeah. It's, I don't care about little things. I don't care about the house being clean. To be honest, if I'm being totally honest here, yeah. I do not do laundry and I don't do dishes anymore at all. That is someone else because <laughs> I don't have the time in my life for it. Yeah. I have other things that take priority. It's not a priority for me to come home and clean and make the house look good. It's it's not a priority for me to make homemade baby food every day of the week. Now it is sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? And I we bought a deep freezer. That was one of the solutions. So now I have one or two cooking days a month. I do everything. It goes in the freezer. Whatever's made that I made, that's good for the yeah. month. What other mom hacks do you have for us? Come um, on, bring it. Bring it on. <laughs> Wait, I have a bring quick question on. in relation to that. Is that. Are those discussions that you and Brian have had where you're like, babe, I'm sorry, the house is a mess, but this is the way it's going to be? Or is that just the nature of your relationship where you guys are just... I mean, I know the answer, but I want yeah, you to answer just that for like, That's just how it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if things uh, I believe, Brian believes, we believe collectively uh, and hopefully we're imparting this on our children that life is short. Life is precious. Life is full of nightmares that you don't want to deal with anyway. Yeah. Don't create your own nightmares. You know what? I just um, I want to share. I spoke to a friend of mine um, who told me this story. He's going he's going through a divorce and he has a three year old. And, um, he told me something that really opened my eyes in respect to my relationship with my husband and my husband's relationship with my daughter, because I was asking him about how is it now? Um, you know, when you have her and he gets her every other weekend or whatever it is. And he said, you know what? It's absolutely 100% changed my relationship with my child because before 
the moms are always nervous wrecks that, you know, they dictate what she eats, what happens, how she, what time she goes to bed. Um, and so my relationship with her was just that of like, Oh, dad's the guy that I go and play with, or dad's the guy that, you know, we spend a couple hours and we get to do a little naughty thing. But he said, now the responsibility has shifted because when I'm with her, I have to make those decisions now for myself. And I thought to myself, there's so many moments in which I, uh, you know, over, or, uh, what's the expression, uh, uh, um, Uh, where I control control, but, but, um, micromanage Mm -hmm. with, with Mike when it comes to Magnolia. And I realized like there is great power in allowing your spouse to just have their experience. And you know what? Maybe they come home with a tan, you know, (laughs) maybe they have really ugly clothes on, maybe they eat something that they weren't supposed to, but it's not the end of the world. And really the, the expression and the development of the relationship between a father and a, and a kid or a mother and a kid, if, if the mm-hmm. mom is the one who tends to not be with them is so important. I mean, it's worth it, isn't it? Uh, I think this is one way to look at it. And it kind of expounds on what you're saying is the more, the more relaxed the child or the parent can be in, in life, the more they're going to be able to enjoy being with each other and explore that relationship, the more parameters and boundaries. And, and believe me, I believe in rules. We yell at the kids, the kids get punished, you know, probably stricter than 90% of the people out there. But every time in between is all about freedom, relaxation, building confidence, you know, and, and you're exactly right, Bianca, the limitations that just don't matter. I mean, does it really matter if they eat that broccoli? Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Why can't they eat edamame or a squash? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't Or like matter. French fries. Like, I mean, honestly, like for one time, I mean, yeah. I know, I know we get into habits or whatnot, but still, I mean. Yeah. I've been uh, speaking a lot to Jennifer Waldberger lately, who uh, we've had on the show a couple of times. Uh, she wrote Call Mama Happy Baby. And she talks a lot about conditioning and sort of looking at the way we're raising our children and and what was our conditioning and and do we think that they need to do this because of how we were raised or because of what we're afraid of society saying and all of these things instead of like well what if we just did it our way like what is that like right. it's okay for her to eat a piece of pizza at a party you know what i mean like I'm looking at Bianca because we watched Sabrina eat an entire piece of pizza at a party. And she's a year I was and a like, half. I didn't even know she could do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it go? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was really proud. Um, but yeah, the idea of look at our, what what we're doing or thinking and ask yourself, is this conditioning or is this my authentic self? Right. Because 99% of the times if you, or Jen said to me, you know, if you're saying would or should, then that's conditioning and that's not your real deal. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously there's certain topics that that doesn't apply to like the kid doing homework or the correct amount of sleep or things like that. But everything that you can control, you know, in terms of conditioning and doing it your way, that's our philosophy is let it be. Right. And, and, you know, and of those things, even sleep, you know, every once in a while is not going to make or break somebody. Um, And I always, you know, in, in those moments, just think like, what is the most important thing here? Is it important that we have a memory together and we enjoy each other and, and, you know, my child gets to see her mom relaxed and having fun, or is it important that I break this moment by imposing my rule because I need to have control, you know? And, and also just, I mean, that could go down such a slippery slope because then you start talking about like, things that you do because of things needs needs that you didn't have met when you were a kid, you know, it's like you could open a whole like wormhole there. 
And now a word from our sponsor. Okay, Bianca, there is an app that I'm obsessed with. It's called Next Issue. And it has like every magazine ever on my phone. So you guys, Next Issue, it's the new newsstand. All right, nextissue.com has all the best, most up-to-date magazines as a newsstand, but delivered right to your phone or tablet. Plus, they have <laughs> magazines that are archived. So you can like type in a keyword and then you can pull up all these articles. It's amazing. It's kind of like a magazine library on my phone. And the best part is, you guys, it has, there's a 30-day free trial right now. Check it out. You go to nextissue.com slash atomic. You will get a free 30-day trial and uh, no commitments. Cancel any time. All of your favorite magazines in one place. Over 150 magazines from People and Us Weekly to Shape. Self, food and wine, many, many more. You guys, anything that you read, it's probably there. Go to nextissue.com slash atomic and start your free trial today. Yeah, don't forget the atomic part. Bianca, are we going to talk about the bedroom now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's so crazy. One of our sponsors is a product that I already own. The Casper mattress, it's amazing, okay? You guys, it's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. And I can personally tell you it has just the right sink, just the right bounce. Two technologies, latex foam and memory foam come together for better nights and brighter days. And you know, they have a risk-free trial and return policy. Try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless return. Okay, that's genius, by the way. By the way, that's longer than you get to try out most relationships. So I think that's a fair deal. Okay, so $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. That's amazing. Comparing that to industry averages, that's an outstanding price point. Yeah, you guys, go check out casper.com backslash atomic. And tell you what, you're going to get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting, again, casper.com backslash atomic. And then use the promo code atomic. I want to talk to you about a hot topic. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> a, hot, a hot button. What's Woo-hoo! the expression? A hot, hot button, button issue. A hot, hot button issue. Your kids. Or the closet hot topic. Because <laughs> I like those too. Are they even, is that even open still? I hope so. Oh, I, I want know. some boots with flames on them. <laughs> um, your kids work. Yes. So um, Claire's kids are in the industry. Yeah. and And I know that there are people out there who would really disagree with that. And we love on this show, nothing more than talking about things that people would possibly disagree with. So I want to talk to you about that and what your views are on that. I mean, it it kind of happened for my kids. They fell into it. Uh, Obviously it started by them getting calls from people I know, like, Hey, do you have a baby for this? And (laughs) you know, that was, well, Gavin started very young. Somebody was producing a baby Einstein video. And so she did that and she was like 18 months or something. And then, uh, you know, then I got a call from another friend, Joel, who's like, Hey, can, can heart play live Tyler's, you know, (laughs) son in a movie. And I'm like, okay. So then heart started working and then, and then none of them had agents for a long time. And finally, like, I guess a year and a half ago, I'm like, I guess I need to get them representation. At that point, Gavin was on a NBC show and just sky was on shameless, which has happened since, but you know, it's not something that, Really, we give a lot of thought to like if they could, you know, if they can go great, if they don't want to do it great, you know, and they do their pictures and they go and it I have um, the girl who helps me out drives them to the auditions because I certainly don't have time for that yeah. um, if there are any. 
most of the time they don't audition. They just go to work. Um, River just did a 10 day Levi campaign. Um, they're getting and, offers already. I mean, uh, I'm like having, I know. It. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, uh, they're like straight to offer for the key for the kids. <laughs> Listen, everybody's certainly entitled to their opinion, but it, in my opinion, it's like swim team or soccer or any other ho- hobby or sport that they're into. You know what I mean? It's what, so true. Have you, have you faced any, if you had to have any conversations about rejection or anything like that no, yet? because I don't, don't tell them they're rejected. Got it. So that's not even in their wheelhouse I'm yet. like, you that, did a great job. You're going to be on TV soon. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm going to call you the next time I have an audition. You're going to say that to me, right? <laughs> I will help you live the dream. <laughs> Ellie is suddenly tacking Keith Lee on the yeah, island and her name. <laughs> hey, tell him offer her. <laughs> but you know, it's um, like the, I think that it's a big part. A big part of the uh, discontent with kids working is they um, sort of the baggage it brings from the parents, you know, and that doesn't. That's not the case with us because simply, most simply put, I'm not involved. To be honest, you know, I have the. The, my friend who watches the kids, the nanny, she takes them to the auditions. If there is one, she takes them to work. I do not, I simply don't have time. By for the it. way, that is such a valid point that you just made and such a smart point. And I never really thought about it that way because it's so true. Like any time that I have met a child actor on set and there've been a few, um, if they are a weirdo, the parent <laughs> is there and they're a weirdo too. Yeah. Um, and, and like so weirdo where it's, it's uncomfortable because they're creepsters. And you. And I had a conversation sitting in the lobby of ABC. I was testing for a project and there was a guy there and he, his son was playing on the little coffee table and um, he said, Oh, what are you here for? And I said, oh, I'm testing for this TV show. You guys testing is when it's like when you almost have the job, but then, <laughs> but then you might sometimes not, you don't get the job, but you, but you almost have it. So you have to do up all the contracts. So you see how much money you would make. You, make. you can start planning your life if you do have the job, but then when you don't have the job, <laughs> it's really depressing. It comes from the back in the day when they actually used to screen test people and they would, they would put them on camera and whatnot. And they don't do that anymore, but they will have three favorites. And then you have to see the people you're up against for the role. And then you know who gets it and you know, whatever. And it's, to, it's like in front of, all these people. Oh, it's in front of the whole network. You go in front of you. It's, like, it's like doing a little off Broadway show in a 99 seater with people who do not respond <laughs> with people who just hate you. Yes. <laughs> like, honestly, like there'll be some but guy don't be nervous. No, don't be nervous at all. There'll be some guy who hates you because you look like his ex-wife and you're not getting the job because of that anyway. Um, but there was this. So what are you here for? And I said, oh, this, you know, this show for ABC. And he said, oh, we're here for, you know, something else. And he said, yeah, we're really excited because it's Shane's first legitimate co-star star and we're hoping next it will be leading leading role and i was like who are well who and are why you? are you talking this is the other thing the were like the, your oh, child yeah. is its own entity yes why are you we're, saying yes we're, yes we're. yes now don't get me wrong i'm still a controlling mom in that like i'll stand on the sidelines of the soccer game i scream i'm yelling i'm like gavin you're, get, you're playing forward you know or whatever <laughs> you know and i i stand i'm the one on the you know on the lane line during the swim meets like go you know that is me. I am fully in whatever I do, but this is something where I don't have to be involved. It's, it doesn't really have anything to do with me. Yeah. And if, and if at any point it's not fun for them anymore, then, then you, we they don't have auditions to do all the time. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it just, if it works into our life, great. If it doesn't great, my friends, like they're all three in one of the movies I have coming out that that's the older three, um, heart, 
River and Gavin, just because the director's like, hey, I need kids who can actually deliver lines on camera and who aren't weirdos. <laughs> I'm like, I have three of them. The fourth one can't talk. So. <laughs> well, and Hart is referred to as the spider baby since I was pregnant during Big Ass Spider with him. Oh, my so. gosh. So Big Ass Spider is this awesome movie that Claire did with Greg, uh, whose name, last name I can never pronounce. Greg Grunberg. Grunberg, yes. And mm-hmm. um, and they're they're making a second one, a yes, sequel. Yes, they will be making a sequel. And where can people see the first one? Well, it's it's actually, it's number eight on Netflix all time <laughs> of horror movies. Sure. Which, and it's not a horror movie. It's a total, like, lie, you know? But uh, it's, a, it's a comedy. It's kind of like Ghostbusters meets, um, I don't know, The Thing. Yeah. It's funny. And um, when do you start filming the second one? Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be in the fall. I, I wrap, I'm filming something that I can't talk about yet in July, which I'll tell you about after this. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that they are talking about like September, October. Um, okay. I have another question for you. Okay. Um, I hope I'm doing a good job of answering. Amazing. First of all, by the way, amazing. And you're a pro at this. You have eight podcasts that you do on your own. We're, so it's we're like recording our podcast at your podcast place. Okay. <laughs> no, but I, mean, I like to analyze other people. Now you're like turning them you're turning the That's true. on me. So. That's true. Um, I want to talk about uh, body image and especially with having girls um, and boys, but, but uh, in the business, you're in the business, your kids are now working in the business. Um, you and I have God at nauseum talked about this because you and I both have booties mm-hmm. and we, and we like to eat and, um, we've seen each other at our best and we've seen each other at our worst. Yep. I remember one time, <laughs> I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, but I was thinking about it the other day, Claire was getting ready for an event. This is when we lived together. And, um, she had this crazy shirt that like wrapped or all the way around. There was like supposed to be different ways to tie it and whatnot. And you had a full on mental breakdown in my room, <laughs> trying to get this thing ready for this red carpet <laughs> event. And it's to the point where she was not going then it was, yeah. it was done. That was uh, how it used to be. All of that things. <laughs> Black and white, ladies. Um, but but let's talk about this with our kids. Oh, we've and, all been there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, about you know, especially uh, you know, with a with an industry where the women are just getting skinnier and skinnier and and um, younger and or like more, their faces are like polished cement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and Claire still looks like she's sixteen, which is well, uh, you flatter. But I mean, first of all, there's a couple different components here to discuss. One is yeah. you know women in the industry, actors in the industry, and I actually disagree a little bit with what you were saying about the women getting skinnier and skinnier. And I, I do think that, that um, we don't disagree on this podcast. So well, uh, what? Um, <laughs> eat some cheese and be quiet. Um, I thought we uh, scanned her before we asked her to be a guest. <laughs> but I, I see. You know, listen, actresses. Most of us weren't models, and most of us never wanted to be. Yeah, you're you true. know, and if if you are looking to cast a model, then do. Right. And if you're looking to cast a real person, then do. And yeah, I mean, you are right in that now, you know, opening my mind a little bit to it there, because I think television has now opened to other, um, you know, forms of, of, of content in terms of on the web or Netflix or, um, cable. And, and there are, there are more jobs than there ever were. Um, and those jobs are much more open to women of all shapes and sizes and colors. Well, the fact is like, if you look like Megan Fox, you are 
you are undoubtedly, you know, going to get cast in a lot of things based on your looks. And she's a great actress. I don't know her. I'm just using her as a pure example. No yeah. affiliation to her. But you're going to have trouble believing Megan Fox as, you know, a down and out drunkard or, you know, um, a woman who's lost her way in her 40s or, you know, there's just there's a certain dynamic you can't play if you look like a gorgeous model. Yeah. And I'm not interested in playing the kind of roles that you can play if you only look like a gorgeous model. You know, so right. to me, it's like about creating depth of character. And and the more that we as the actors in this town talk about that and expound on that and create projects based on that, you know, that to me is more effective. Well, I think you need to create your own projects because so that people can see that. The, I think the issue is that a lot of people on the other side of the table don't aren't able to see see it. Like they want you to look rested and pretty, even if you are reading for the down and out drunk. I have a girlfriend. God, hang on, she's speaking some truth here. I, uh, Froggy's in the throat. Yeah, Froggy's in the throat. We know it's the truth. Um, I have a friend who last pilot season, she went out for a character that was supposed to be a total slob. I mean, that's what it said. It said like popcorn on the shirt, total slob. Then the feedback from her manager was, can they said you didn't look polished enough. Can you, (laughs) can you please, can you get blowouts? And do you have a friend who could come over and do your makeup? Okay. So it's like, they want the slob, but they want, this is for TV. Yeah. They want the like. Yeah, the squeaky clean, they, they want attractive. It, exactly, and and I think that's kind of what I'm referring to is also it's it's not even so much in like a gritty you know movie that may actually go to festivals and and portray something that's very realistic. Um, is certainly going to hopefully cast somebody that is the right person for that role. I think what I was referring to more is like magazine covers. And uh, a lot of the media portrayal of of specifically women, but also men, um, you know, that our that our daughters are growing up and looking at that our kids are that are, you know, being influenced. I I think the only one of the good one, a good example of people doing it right is Dove and their campaign, like the real women campaign. But you're right. Like there's always, you know, the controversies that come about on Jezebel or whatever about like, hey, Beyonce airbrushed her thighs in this Instagram picture and. Like they show the before and after everybody saw the Cindy Crawford pictures that came out before and after of that. And it's like, you know what? People are human. Yeah. Uh, You know, and the thing is, it's a it's a fine line because when you're running a magazine like let's just say Cosmopolitan, because they're going to put a celebrity more often than. A model, model yeah. cover, maybe, or, yeah. or, you know, you could say, you know, I don't know, another magazine glamour, same thing. Um, you are looking at a bottom line. It's a business. Yeah. So you do have to balance that. You have to balance both those things. Well, you know? what I think is so interesting about that is that it, me- it means that we, the consumers are the ones that are actually lining up to pay for these things that look the way that they do. Of course. Um, and, and that's why my kids don't watch TV other than movies or, or things, you know, animal shows that now listen, I let my kids watch almost anything. They've seen all the star Wars. They've seen avatar. They've seen, you know, um, warm bodies is one of their favorite movies. <laughs> Teresa Palmer was on her. Uh, yeah. yeah. But they don't watch Disney channel. They don't watch Nickelodeon and they don't watch anything that I deem irresponsible. 
And I and what, what, oh yeah, my what, God, this is so interesting to me. Like it's the reverse of what, of what anyone would say in terms of what you think your kids should watch. Yeah. So it, I, I think it's irresponsible to show a young teeny bopper who looks perfect to an eight year old girl, a 10 year old girl who's developing their own personality, who doesn't necessarily know who she is, who's trying to find her way in fashion, in intellect, in, you know, society in terms of like groups of friends and whatever. That to me is a real sense of irresponsibility. Now, listen, I mean, I've tested for Disney shows. I, you know, I may be involved with them in the future, but to me, I'd rather have my kid watching Walking Dead. That's real life issues. And All I can right. say, hey, those zombies aren't real. I can't say Hannah Montana, it's not real. Jeez, woman, that's... Uh- uh, I'm like, I have to chew on that for a little I bit. That's People really... probably will disagree with me, but I don't. I don't what disagree the, What about the either? violence? Does that bother you at all? No. Okay. It doesn't. Sex so bothers okay. me because I can't explain it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But like what? I'm like, ah, let's turn the channel. Um, but no, violence doesn't bother me. It's part of life. You know, you got to explain that, that that's how you, if you, in my opinion only, and I'm not saying this is the right way of parenting for anyone else, but I'm exposing my kids to everything so that they're shocked by nothing and they don't react to things in a way in which you know, is naive. What now, about protecting their sense of innocence for a while? Like for that's a why few they don't years. watch Disney. <laughs> okay. And okay. Nickelodeon. That but is so not like, innocent. I prob no, I completely agree. Real and world I wouldn't issues want that. do uh, not make you uninnocent. They educate you. And right. there's a difference. But watching The Walking Dead before my daughter is at least 13, I feel like for me, that's introducing her to violence that like she doesn't need to see. Like that's not real world because it's zombies and it's that's where and it's parenting gratuitously comes violent. Into, you know, that's where we have different perspectives and that's for totally sure. normal. I mean, I see the show as it's a layered view on society and it uses the apocalyptic world as a backdrop, much like Star Trek, uh, the original series did in the sixties. You know, we had the world was in such a tumultuous state and the show came out and it used science fiction as a template to talk about these real world issues, racism, yeah. bigotry, you know, sexism, uh, the list is endless with that show really is. And so for me, the walking dead, yes, it has zombies and people kill zombies and you know, um, but you know what though? That doesn't bother me. The other thing about that though, is like, I mean, I know so many little boys who play these video games now that are, that are, as realistic as The Walking Dead is, and they're at the, at the helm sh- shooting the people. Here's, right, right, right. Yeah. Here's the other thing. My kids have no electronics, no leap pads, no iPhones, no nothing. Nothing electronic at all. That's That'll help their imagination, me, well, for sure. Well, to me, I feel like that is that within our technology and our developments, which are fabulous for us as adults, but we have usurped a child's the way the synopsis connect in their brains and you can't, you can't untrain that once a child is used to thinking a certain way, you can't uncondition that. So I'm just like, absolutely not none, nothing. They're always, they, every, every place we go, all their friends have iPads or if we go to a, you know, wherever a doctor's office, the kids are playing on an iPad, playing on yeah, the they're phone. They're numbed like, out. Yeah. Mom, can I do that? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. No, 
You can look at pictures on my phone. That's it. Um, do you watch these programs with them or, or do they watch them on their own? Like, they watch, Oh, they watch them with me, with you. We do everything as a family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another reason I won't let them watch kid shows. Cause I have to see them. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. Oh uh, my God. Paddington bear is an excellent <laughs> film by the way. Oh. It is. It just came out this past year. Paddington bear. It is so good. It got like 90% on rotten tomatoes. I mean, at least for my year and a half year old, it's, or yeah, she, it's, yeah, she I mean, there's, it. a, there's so a lot sweet. of crazy stuff out there. Um, I mean, they're huge frozen fans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're a lot, they watch that awesome. stuff. They're, you know, they're not allowed to watch cartoons, but they can watch animation. Yeah. Well, right. Paddington Bear, like he's animated, but it's the real family. Is that the one with Nicole Kidman? Or yeah. is that Corduroy? Yeah. That's no, we, we fast forward through Nicole Kidman because she's really scary. Um, <laughs> Not, not because she's like. You can't explain that. Not because she's doing the taxidermy, but just she looks really. Start going back to the smooth cement. Yes, yes. But one more thing about TV, and then I'm sure you guys want to move on. But during the week, we have them watch animal shows. So they're watching Nat Geo or whatever. This yeah. on polar bears, this on that, blah, blah, blah. So that's like the weekly thing. And then it's the weekend is the kind of like, you know, free for all. I, I mean, I, I have to say, like, I, I'm always very, um, I like it, I guess is the easiest way to say it. I like it when I get to sit down with someone and talk about things where you have a very specific opinion and way of doing things and you're not apologetic about it. And you, uh, believe in the things you believe in because that's the way you choose to do them. And you're also not judgmental of anybody who does things any other way. And I feel like if more people could just be comfortable in what they're doing and not worry about what everyone else is doing or what worry about them worrying about what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say like a, a couple of times, you know, the things that you've said today, I'm like, well, shoot, I haven't thought about it that way before. And that's really eye opening to me. And, and, um, and, you know, nobody can say that you aren't getting shit done and you're, and you're, um, taking care of so many different, uh, facets of your life and doing it well. Um, I think, you know, that it's, I just love you, Claire, and I'm, I'm so proud of you. I love you too. And, 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 I, I, and I love you too. Yeah. Even, though, even though I disagreed with you on one thing. I don't remember. No, I know. And we didn't even. Obviously it was my mistake. It was, it was, we did, listen, I want to clarify this. We did not even disagree on it. I was just saying my daughter won't watch Walking Dead till she's 14. That wasn't a disagreement. Well, I was talking about the thing about the skinny actresses. Oh, oh that Bianca was said that. that. Oh, don't disagreed. put that on well, me. Well, because look, if you could, if being a skinny actress got you a lot of work, I'd be all for it. But I, I'm sitting here as a testament that that doesn't that's not all that counts <laughs> well and and you know and also the minute that it came out of my mouth too i was thinking like i, I mean the skinny actresses never did anything to anybody either i mean there's people out there who <laughs> that just sounded like they were like zoo animals like those skinny actresses but, but they kind of are in the way that people talk about them that Giraffe. way you know it's like I, yeah. I feel like this the skinnies get a bad rap too it's like mm -hmm. i did put this thing up on instagram a while back is it's like you know, just be a woman. Like, who cares? Skinny, curvy, big, small. Well, and small. I think if, if more people just focused on being creative and not yeah. analyzing. I mean, there's a big thing going on this week. There's been a lot of analyzing of different subject matters on, you know, whatever. But I just feel like... Wait. It's totally, you guys, it's totally off topic. So okay. it was like a Game of Thrones thing that happened. 
<laughs> well, I haven't watched that episode yet. Or, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it had to do with Sansa. Yes, I know that so much. Night. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, tune into the other podcast if you want to talk more about that. But, uh, you know, there's just there's so much focus put on these different things. And and part of me, I mean, I love to analyze things. That's the intellectual side of my brain. I I love that. But the other half of me is like, listen, it's a waste of time. Just be creative and be proactive and do things. Yeah. And and, and also just I, I think, too, it's like find that place where you understand how special you are, because I think so much of this stems from our insecurities that we're not enough and that we're not good enough and we're not doing a good job. And, you know, that's why I was saying, like, I love so much how how bold you are with saying this is the way I do it. And everyone may not agree with it, but it's the way I do it because you it works for you and it may not work for everybody else. Um, but I think that anytime we find ourselves starting to be like, well, shoot, she does that. And I do this. And that must mean, that must mean what I do is wrong. And that's or it, not enough. Yeah. Or, Cause I'm thinking like someone listening to this could think, Oh God, I, I have a hard time getting through the week with my one kid and I'm not, and I don't run a business and I don't do this and that. Listen, it's no joke having one kid. It is hard work. It's no joke having two, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's my heart goes out to anyone that has a child between really 18 months and three, because that is like, you're in it, in it deep in at that it. point, you know, and there's nothing, honestly, there's nothing special about me. I just believe in myself and I believe yeah. in the choices I make. And that's really the, there's no secret. There's no nothing, you know, were you like that as a small child or was there someone that like helped you with that? Like was there a mentor? Did your mother always say something to you or what's it in the help? What is the, yeah, the sitter? You're says? You're you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have that person? Um, <laughs> You know, I didn't have one specific person and I haven't always had this philosophy and, and kind of way of thinking, I guess. Um, I think that for me, it's been a journey. (laughs) We can have another podcast about that journey (laughs) if you guys want. (laughs) But I, I had, when I was younger, maybe early, I mean, when I, I was 16, I moved to New York by myself, went to college. That's pretty young. And I was fearless at that age. Mm. I was truly fearless. Walking around New York City at 16, going to NYU, like mixing with, you know, people who... And it, why were you 16 at NYU? Like, had you I already gone Because my you, parents like, thought it was Hauser? a good idea. I don't know. Were you I, like Doogie Howser? Like, were I, you like a genius child? Like, how know. do you get to NYU at 16? I don't know. The point is I was in New York City at 16, <laughs> <laughs> living on my own. There's some deflecting going on. TCBY, okay. <laughs> the yogurt store. <laughs> and I was totally fearless. And then... I, you know, I went through a time where I was very fearful. It changed. That all changed, you know, sometime after college and between college and the next five years, I started to be like, oh, I looked at my life and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. You know, I didn't have that confidence and that internal compass. And then it's, it's, you know, it took like probably getting married and having my first kid to really get that back and get that and recapture that feeling that I had in my late teens, early twenties of like, I can do this. I can do anything. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I, if there's anything I can impart on my girls and my boys, but especially the girls is I want to raise them believing they can do anything. They can be anything. You know, I was a girl raised on a farm in Ohio. 
my parents, my mom was a school teacher. My dad was a scientist, but they raised my sister and I like we could literally do or be anything, you know? And so that's what I want to impart on my kids. Well, and you know, I feel like we both went through that big searching phase, uh, to, uh part of it yes. together, um, another podcast, um, but I, you know, I do feel like this is a, this is a common theme for a lot of people out there and especially people in their twenties. And, you know, look, anyone out there who is a parent in your twenties, she's, I mean, kudos to you because I think of if I had become a parent in my twenties and I'd still, and I didn't even know who I was yet or what I was doing. Um, you know, it's, it's rough and it's hard. And I think also to what you were saying about, you know, somebody who has one kid versus someone who has three, it's all relative and you only know your experience based on what you're in at any given moment. And so for you, I'm sure when you had Gavin, that was the hardest thing you'd ever dealt with. And now you have four and you can look back and say like, maybe that wasn't so hard, but Compared to what? I mean, this is... Com- well, yeah, yeah, you have to build up yeah, to You're it. in training. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I was training like training myself. Four. I remember bringing River home my second and like, you know, Gavin wasn't quite two and River, here we have River coming along, boop a doo boo And I just remember like, you know, being with the two of them and being like, what have I done? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? And, and it was really overwhelming. You know, those are real moments. I still have them, you know, that's, that's what makes us all human. That's what bonds us moms and parents together. We are still learning. There is no point at which if somebody, I remember one of my spiritual teachers was like, um, you was know, that, that me? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> was like, um, you know, you never arrive yet, right? You never Mm. arrive. It doesn't happen. There's not a place where you suddenly stand on the platform and look down at all and be like, oh, and I was like, well, then what's the point? I mean, I'd like to go back to the time where I was ignorant and and didn't know better. wasn't trying to change myself or change the world or do any of these things. And, um, and it's just, I think, accepting and, and taking on the, the experience of being human and, and, and that we are always learning. And that's the part of the journey. And that's really the only thing there is. There isn't an end. There isn't a destination. Um, my dear, I love you so much. And oh, I love you too. And thank you for doing this and for allowing us to, to you, Atomic you, Moms take over Geek Nation. Oh my gosh, of course. I, I've had the best time and, and we barely touched on the girls part. So we'll have to, you know, yeah, we'll have to that. get into that. Um, if people can find you on Instagram, which you is. You can find me on Instagram. You can <laughs> listen, folks. I'm all over the net. Uh, <laughs> we own the net. At Claire Kramer. And that's Twitter and on Instagram. It's- Spell Claire. C-L-A-R-E. Kramer, like Kramer versus Kramer. And on Instagram, it's Claire Kramer official. And you can catch both of us in the um, huge cheerleader hit, Bring It On. You can. Uh, (laughs) Which, by the way, was in the live episode of Undateable. And nobody said anything. And nobody said anything. And I almost jumped out of my seat watching it. And you know what? I thought at the time. And they were right next to you guys. I know. And at the time, I thought, like, I should comment. But you know, it's that thing in me where it's like, I'm not going to make this about me. Oh, but it would have been such a great. (laughs) They, They referenced Bring It On in a joke. And I was sitting right behind and the guys and it, and you know I felt so stupid about it afterwards because I had like twenty people tweet me and say I can't believe they made a bring it on reference and nobody even I said yeah. anything to you I almost flipped out and um, so whatever it, live and learn right um, but and, and what's the so the next thing that people can catch you in is um, the next thing that people can catch me in is probably Tales from Halloween which is Mike Mendez film coming out in uh, well I guess it's coming out at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, I have another movie coming out called The Lost Tree um, with Michael Madsen and Lacey Chabert. 
Okay, what are the kids going as for Halloween? I know that's a I million miles away, but I, mean, I, so far away. I know. But Geek Nation, you, I'm sure you have amazing costumes. I don't know what they're going to do this year. Um, I got to think about it. Okay, yeah, we'll um, have you back. And yeah. and everybody, get on GeekNation.com. There's so much content. It's even if you aren't a huge geek, I love to go and and look at the interviews. And there's some web series. Well, and we think of geek as like, are you passionate about something? Are you passionate about music? Are you passionate about sports? Are you passionate about writing? Are you passionate about art? Like we've then you know, we're passionate about it too. So come on over. Awesome. Mama. Love you lots. Love you. Thank you guys for having me guys. We'll be right back. back. I feel so inspired Bianca. You know what too? I like, it's so interesting. I think it's, it's rare. I feel like these days to have a conversation with somebody whose views can be so different from yours. Um, you know, you might see somebody on the, on the news or you might be reading an article, but like to really sit and have a conversation with somebody who really make you know, does things, uh, very differently. I mean, some of Claire's, um, some of her outlook on, you know, the choices that she makes with her kids, um, you know, they vary greatly from some of the ways that I might choose to do it. Um, but I really loved that. I really loved that we're sitting in a room having a conversation with someone who has really made up her mind about the way that she wants to do things. Yeah. And, she reminded and, me of my mommy actually. Really? Not, yeah, not with the violent stuff, but with the like, yeah, you know, you do your work, you get it all done, you do it all. But um, but I think I, I probably vary a little bit with the, the whole like you can have it all because I feel like I'm more in the Shonda Rhimes camp. Uh, Shonda Rhimes is the creator of Scandal and Grey's Anatomy. And she's, you know, she did a commencement speech at Dartmouth a couple of years ago where she was like, you can't do it all. And whenever she's with her kids, she feels like work is sacrificed. And whenever she's at work, she feels like the kid stuff is sacrificed. And I probably lean more towards that because I feel like there's always a sacrifice. I don't know if you can really do it all, but I loved hearing Claire say that she thinks she can. And she definitely has lit a fire under my ass to go after what I want. Well, and I think the point is that it's okay to sit and have, I don't know why there's this feeling, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people feel this way. I know, I know I do sometimes where when somebody says something that you don't agree with, and maybe not only do you not agree with it, but it, but it ruffles your feathers a little bit. There's instantly this need to put distance between you and that person or to feel like, you know, oh, one of us has to be better and the other worse, or one of our ways is right and the other is wrong. And the fact of the matter is, is we can all have our own opinions and live our own lives the way that we want to live them and still come together and have great discussion and not be at each other's throats. And that's kind of the problem with, with cable news today and just like the way people are getting their news period. It's like you end up going to these same blogs or the same, you know, you watch the same news programs and then they're just preaching to the choir and you don't, you, the, your horizons are never expanded because you're only hearing the same stuff that you already agree with. And so this is yeah. way more fun. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I mean, I, I think too, it's like if we were all just kind of allowed to be the parents that we desire to be and make the choices that we feel are best for our kids that would mean that we lived in a world where everybody was very understanding and, and non-judgmental about people's choices. And that would mean that we would raise our kids to be non-judgmental. And, you know, even though there might be different people doing things different ways, I think we would probably much be more, much more inclusive of each other as a whole society because we were we were all, you know, down with whatever anybody wants to do. 
maybe I just solved world peace right there. I think so. I mean, we have said before that in the mommy wars, we are Switzerland. Okay. (laughs) We are Switzerland. (laughs) We are, uh, we're not on either side. We're every yeah. side. Kumbaya, my friends. Namaste. Kumbaya. Namaste, as our one of our favorite guests, Hilary Stiam, always says. <laughs> Namaste. I love it. Okay, um, I have a, a mom session. Can I share yeah, it? Yeah, about it. Okay, it's the Blah Blah dolls. They are so adorable. What? They're these <laughs> hand-knitted dolls, okay? And it's called Blah Blah. And they were created in 2001 by Susan Pritchett and Florence Wetterwald. And they're good friends like us with the same philosophy of life and beauty. Uh, they went to Peru. And they saw these expert knitters. And they saw what a beautiful job they were doing. And they were touched by their gentle spirit. And they decided to create this company of knitted products for kids. And so they've been pre- uh, they've been collaborating with the same artisans for over a decade. Um, obviously, I'm getting this from their About Us section on their website, which you should go to, blahblahkids.com. And here's what's awesome about them. They commit to fair trade and keeping environmental awareness in mind. And their mission is to inspire joy and laughter. And when you look at their products, it's just so darn cute. It's like you can't not smile. They have like mermaids and they have these little animals and they're all these little knitted dolls. Have you seen them before, Bianca? Oh, I haven't. I had no idea what you're talking about. So I'll have to definitely check them out. You have to check it out. You've probably seen it in little boutiques and stuff. Uh, their website's adorable. I also follow them on Instagram uh, because I'm a stalker of all adorable children's things. What is your mom bomb? My mom bomb this week is from acting class, (laughs) but I felt like it was kind of went hand in hand with our discussion with Claire and also is great because Claire's an actor herself. So it's, it's a, it's a good old, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that we learn in, in acting that I feel like are, um, could just be general therapy for everyone. Um, and that is listen with the intent to understand, not with the intent to speak. And, you know, I mean, I, I think that like so much of the time in discussions, we're just thinking about what we are going to say next. How do we continue to keep the conversation moving? How do we argue our side? There's that Except- great actor joke, uh, when looking at a script, bullshit, bullshit, my line, bullshit, bullshit. Bullshit, my line. <laughs> and and you know what's so sad about that is that's kind of the way that we speak to each other in life is that you're you're not even really listening. You're just thinking about what you're going to say next. And um, I just would ch- challenge all of our listeners, maybe the next conversation you have after listening to this podcast, uh, listen with the intent to understand and not, you know, with what you're going to say. Because I, I think that... It's a, it really kind of changes it up and, and makes the conversation take on a whole, whole different form when you're just there to listen. So remember, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, and rock on Atomic, Atomic Moms. Moms. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to YouTube.com slash WaitForItComedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here 
and it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.